Blog Talk Radio. At your live is the standing eight count and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down, screaming like the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, it never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look the brand out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, welcome back. Episode 23. Standing 8 Count Radio coming at you live. Early start, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time tonight. One three four seven eight five seven ten sixty is the number if you want to give us a listen. Don't know if we're going to take any calls tonight. we got a lot to talk about here. Ah, 10, 15 minutes or so from now, Poppy G himself, Gizwa Pierre. Gizzy will be back with us talking, uh, becoming kind of a regular with the show. we gotta, we got to discuss everything going on. I want to see if we can ask him about the Al Heyman tryout that he had that he was posting about, which is just tremendous, which is awesome to hear about. See what his thoughts are on this upcoming PBC show here on FS1 here in Minnesota at the Armory again, coming at us the end of August. Maybe he's on the show again. Love to see him on there. Also, what's next for him? What's he trying to do? Where is he going? You know, the big things going on, because he's a hell of a hand. Definitely one of the one of the top up and comers in the state, and I cannot wait to see what is next. We're gonna banter. We always we always banter. Uh, Elijah should be with us at some point tonight. Here, uh, he's he's doing some things, I believe. But we will get Elijah in here when he can. Also, uh, after the after the interview, we got to break down all the fights in the last two weeks. Uh, we talked a little Jaime Munguia versus Liam Smith on Sportscast on Tuesday. We'll be kind of saving the majority of it for tonight. Also, uh, doubleheader. Oh, here we go. Elijah has joined us. What's up, man? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> not much. Not How much. Welcome to, uh, you sound okay. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're, we'll be talking... Uh, the, the UK show, Katie Taylor took on Kimberly Connor. Uh, Dillian White, Joseph Parker had a hell of a fight. Uh, once again, these heavyweights just continue to wow me. Uh, Showtime as well. Showbox put up a triple header. Mario Barrios versus Jose Roman. Luis Ortiz took on Razvan Cojano. I think he's how he pronounced it. And that awesome oh, Mikey Garcia, Robert Easter Jr. fight. Just a hell of a fight. Um might have my round of the year on this fight as well. Um, and for some reason, uh, Sriska Tetsuo Rungviusai uh, needed a tune-up and instead of just sparring, decided to take a quick non-title fight. Uh, this guy is bonkers. <laughs> I just, I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, the guy that he got in the ring with, I mean, I don't, he probably could have fought like five five times after that. Oh, I'm not disagreeing, but people don't just go and make a do a non-title fight just to use it as a tune-up. I I, I don't I I mean tell me somebody in the last ten years who's done that. They they, they found <laughs> Sang. They, they found Sang on the streets is like Sang. <laughs> like you want to come fight? You want to come fight? I, I will I will not downplay this, damn it, because this is an awesome feat that 
They put a golden lord in the. They put a golden lord in the ring with him. Oh man, you you deserve to never cheer for this man ever again. This is no. I like I I like him. I just he he beat up on. He he. He beat up on Young Gil Bay. Young Gil Bay, the golden lord himself. I I don't like. I'm not. I'm not talking about the competition whatsoever, but nobody just suddenly schedules an impromptu non-title fight in front of a crowd just because he wanted a little tune-up. Like they don't do that in boxing. Boxing boxing fighters don't. Do, nobody does that. They. I gotta stay stay focused in case I get cut. Uh, I can't be doing stuff. Nobody does that. That's- this dude comes out. Wong come Lao and just starts throwing shots like Tony Jaa, man. This dude's tight. He's climbing the pound for pound. Uh, we got to talk a uh, 140, 118-pound World Boxing Super Series. Did we, we didn't talk the brackets yet, did we? No. All right, we're going to break those down. The official brackets are out and how we got to the brackets. So I'm excited to, to just discuss those and everything. I uh, kind of get your thoughts on some of, some of the names and who we think might make it. Uh, this happened over the weekend. I'm like, hey, what's up? Uh, Sydney getting on the remix. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even, I couldn't even comprehend that. Pay close attention. Pay close I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Did you catch it? Did he say hello? Yeah, because it's the only word he knows. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. So I was like, I'm just going to put that on our soundboard. No reason whatsoever, but I'm excited. I'm excited, Elijah. We we're going in early here. We're rocking and rolling for you. Um, you think you think we had a good good cards, good fights? Yeah, from the fight from the cards that I saw, I couldn't I couldn't get the the sky. I wasn't able to watch the Dillian White Joseph Parker, but I read about it and heard they were good. It was a good fight and. Uh, Parker kind of came roaring back at the end, like in an but just came apart towards the end. And then um, the Berrios looked good. Yep. Uh, Katie Taylor, I don't know if you watched that. When I told you to go on Daily Motion, I looked and they were on Daily Motion. Um, I don't know if you watched her, the, any of the, either of the two on the Daily Motion, but holy hell, can that girl put together punches? I had always heard of her, and we'd always kind of talk like, "Oh, maybe she'll be the next one." They'll show on one of these major major outlets like HBO and Showtime. But my God, like she was, she was putting like it was fight night, and you were using the analog stick, and everything was bouncing. My God, she put this girl into like this whoop de do where the referee was like, "No, no," he he stopped it. He said, "No." So if you can uh, background that fight. Uh-oh, we lost Elijah already. Uh, Dusty Trunks has been dropped to the canvas. Um, we uh, we got to love early shows because they're chaos. <laughs> We're going to take a first break here real quick. Uh, when we get back, a little more banter, and uh, Gizzy will be joining us soon. So don't go away. We'll return. Stay in AKL Radio. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. 
Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative gear stand. When you send a message, your name will identify you to the other caller. Record your name after the tone. Hey yo, it's Sportscast Radio. You need to record a new greeting and record after the tone. Hit any key when you're done. Ryan Cook and Jordan Jiskra give you the best in sports of the week with real MVPs, spit takes, big news, and obviously those rumors. Strong Style Media is available on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, blogtalkradio.com. That means anywhere. You're connected. Say hi. You a fan of hot takes that make you say this? Join me, Ryan Cook, and my co-host, Alex Mello, every Monday night right here on Strong Style Media. We'll give you the goods from New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, All Japan, Lucha Underground, and many, many more. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM, and now on iHeartRadio. As always, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Strong Style Media as well. And you know you can get us on social media. Hit us up. We got to get back to the ring. It's time for the man. You have the lowest fantasy football winnings I've ever seen. You have earnings dysfunction. I recommend DraftKings. And if you draft the perfect lineup in the free opening weekend contest, the prize is $1 billion. You said a billion dollars? Billion. With the B. This is this is this is money. I, I know what that is. Play DraftKings free one hundred thousand dollar contest week one, and if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win one billion dollars. Hey, Stanley Cow, back at you. You got you came off the canvas. What's that? Yeah, I came off the canvas. Canvas. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened. But anyways, I was saying before. <laughs> I watched. I watched almost all the fights. I wasn't able to find the Sky Sports stuff, but I read that the Parker Dillian fight was pretty good. Like White was kind of winning most of the fight and in control and then Parker kind of made like a last a last ditch effort and actually knocked Parker did he knock White down in yeah, the last yeah, round? Yeah, he got him down to like the 11th. And almost kind of turned the tides of the fight but White ended up ended up hanging on. So I was saying you might but, you might have missed it when he got booted but um 
I looked after telling you, uh, Daily Motion had the the fights on there. If you do want to go back and watch them, okay. That that Katie Taylor fight, she is a bad bad woman. <laughs> like my God, I was saying this to you when I thought before before you got uppercutted. Um, she was throwing like fight night combos with the analog stick like they were precise and just out of nowhere it's like oh my god she she caught this chick with like a two-piece and the referee was like no no and just stopped it oh <laughs> like man the third round. it was oh my god if you watch it it only went like three rounds it wasn't long okay but she is she's i kind of hope we get some exposure from her because she looked good she looked good out there. She's she's from Ireland, I think. Oh wow! So she's just like gritty, just comes right at you. <laughs> it's like holy, jeez! This other poor woman. Dig her. Look, I mean, she had no business being in the ring with her. It looked like. Um. Uh, try to think here. How if we want to jump into something before too long? Um, as we, we await our fine, fine guests coming up here. Uh, overall, I guess, I guess, why don't, why don't we start here and then we'll move into the other stuff, but obviously August 24th, we kind of talked about this a little bit, PBC on FS1 back at the armory once again, what so far do you know that is going down on this, on this show? Well, I know that uh, Caleb Truex is going to be the main event, and I believe Jamal James is going to be the co-main event. Um, let me see. I'm pulling up my email now that I got that is kind of going over the specifics or um, what Jamal and what Caleb Truex are, who who they're fighting and what's going on with those two. Wait, I, I got something for you here. A fight is in the works. Uh, for August 24th in Minnesota um, between IBF super middleweight champion Jose Uzcadegui and IBF mandatory challenger Caleb Plant. In Minneapolis? Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, fight it looks like... Between them. So it looks like... Um, let's see here. Ooh, that's actually, a big deal. actually, Jamal Jamal James is in the main event, and he's going against a guy named Mahanri Montez. Um, Dead. Montez has been in the ring with, um, let's see here, some decent guys. Um, well, Elijah, why don't, why don't with, we hold that? Been with Soto. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say, why don't why don't we hold it and I'll uh. Well, our our our, uh, our guest is on the line, Elijah. I'll let you take this away, grabbing the call for you, sir. Hey, Poppy G. Hey, Poppy G. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you. How's it going? It's going good. It's going great, hey. actually. Oh, I know. Like, I just I'll let you take over in a second, but I just want to say, you know, I just want to tell everyone that that you're making you're making moves, being that you know we're. I see you on social media and stuff when we're friends on Facebook and whatever. And you, since the last time you've been on, you know, we, you, you've done a lot of things and you have a lot going on and uh, just kind of tell us, you know, some of the stuff that's going on in your life, like what you're doing right now. And, 
you know, you're starting different like types of businesses and stuff. It seems like, and you have a you um, signed, you know, to a contract with was it with Al Heyman, I believe. So you know, it's kind oh, of oh, uh, close, close. I didn't sign yet. Okay. I didn't sign yet. I know so I didn't sign you... yet. Well, yeah, we'll get into that one. Yeah. So kind of explain to us like what's going on, what you're up to nowadays, and you know maybe when you're fighting next and all that good stuff. Yeah, of course. So the last time I saw, the last time we we talked, I think it was right before. Was it right before I fought? Right before or was it after as well? I know we we, had we you talked twice. Yeah, we had twice. you twice before <laughs> and after. Oh yeah, yeah. So since since then, like since we actually talked last, man, I've been up to so much traveling back and forth. Uh, from LA uh, to Minnesota, um, and then um, North North where else was I? I was in North Carolina. Uh, so yeah, back and forth, getting some good sparring work out there at uh, Team Watson Gym. And yeah, we definitely got some things in the work. I do fight again soon, really, really soon. I'm pretty sure y'all know when I fight again, but I haven't. Um, I haven't like fully announced it yet. I'm probably gonna wait a little bit until. Okay. To the promoters say, you know, it's it's all a go, but I fight again. I just say I fight again next month, you know. So. Okay. So yeah. Do you know where? Do you know where you're fighting, or do you know like any <laughs> anything at all, or just kind of you just know like the date? <laughs> <laughs> I'm He's trying. <laughs> I know you just yeah. said that. I won't. I won't announce anything until they tell me I can. But I give Elijah oh, yeah. props. He's going for I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, man. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's that hard-hitting uh, re- that's that hard reporting, Elijah. That's what we like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, y'all, y'all know when I fight again. Like, you you both know, and you know where. It's, yeah. you know, but I just can't. I, say that again? I, I'll, I say I have a very good idea, and I'm very excited, and I hope everything goes well with it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's we, we yeah, definitely. We're gonna be back there. That's what I will say. You know, we will be back there, and uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great fight. It's gonna be a great fight. So yeah. Simple. Since then, since the last time I talked, I talked to y'all. I definitely have been on the move. Um, we do, we definitely do have some work saying, uh some some things in the works with a bunch of different people, not just uh, Sam and them, but we have a bunch of different options. Uh, that we're we're exploring, and then after the fight, you know, my decision will will most likely be made uh, of who I'm going to go with, or who I'm going to sign with, who Team Poppy G is going to sign with. Nice, nice. So yeah, just what are you uh, what are you working on this training camp? Because you know you you're very you seem to be a very versatile fighter, and you seem to have most of the skills. But the one thing that stands out to me with you is like your athletic ability, like your speed and your quickness and your explosive dish just by kind of watching some of your workout like videos and stuff that you post. And is there anything in particular that you're trying to improve or are you yeah, just kind of working on everything? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually glad, glad that you actually said that. With with me, I'm actually working like the team. We're working on everything. We and we have to work on everything because I can I can really do anything. I could southpaw, orthodox, um, speed of the tempo, fight, box, you know. So right now, like we we're just really really working on just improving everything across the board, not just one thing. And what type of 
like what type of fighter are you prepar- are you preparing for this training camp? Like, uh, or orthodox fighter, orthodox okay. fighter. So we're just really waiting on that contract to be finished for the fight. But I, honestly, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, what fighter that that gets put in front of me, really. Um, pretty sure we'll we'll be around the same, you know, professional fighter or something like that, or they might be a little more a little more experienced or something like that. Well, not more experienced, but on paper, probably more experienced on paper. Um, but, man, in the training camps, we just continue to do what we do. I, I don't never change anything for training camp at all. We might just uh, study our opponent and and, uh, and figure, like, oh, we could do this a little bit better or capitalize on this or something like that. But in the camps, we never change anything. We, we're consistent with what we do and very confident in what we do, too. Yes, that, that, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, the big thing, you know, being confident yourself and, you know, knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and all that good stuff. But kind of jumping away from boxing, um, I'd noticed, too, that you're really trying to build your brand and you're trying to get into, like, other ventures outside of boxing. And, you know, why don't you tell us about some of those some of those things, too, that you're kind of working on. I see that, you know, you're starting to kind of work with people and kind of help them sponsor their products like I thought I saw you um with a guy with for like a beard beard oil or, or whatever. oh but yeah yeah about some of those things beard that you're doing. yeah yeah of course so uh so with with that um they're more of a sponsors so they basically just sponsor me uh, as an athlete so yeah I'm jumping more into having more sponsorships with with different companies and building my resume as far as having sponsorships. So, you know, when the huge, huge sponsorships come around, like, say, Reebok or, you know, a clothing line or something like that, then we'll already be well-trusted and well-prepared to, to take on those big roles. That's that's good stuff, good stuff. you you got to grow yeah. a wicked beard now for your next fight. You know <laughs> that. you got to grow, some, like, something bigger than I got. Like, you got to come out with this big lumberjack beard and then just knock dude out, spritz them <laughs> on your hands, clean your beard, and then give a thumbs up to the camera. You, that's a million-dollar commercial. That's a million-dollar that commercial. That is. Right there. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I, I'm actually going to, because the last fight I actually shaved my beard, but this fight I'm actually going to leave a little bit on. So it's I already have it in my mind and everything. I'm going to leave a little bit on this fight and uh, make that transition to coming from <laughs> amateur shaving to – Professional gotta ranking. Yeah, do, do the Kimbo beard. Get a Get big beard like Kimbo. <laughs> when they start start Vaseline in the face, they stop and then switch from Vaseline to the beard oil, and then they do the beard in the corner, and you get them right and close in there, and then ding, you get the picture for it, and that's. Oh, have the beard. Oh yeah. yeah, hey, that's a great idea. Instead <laughs> of having the Vaseline, have the beard oil. That's good. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Boom. Picture right there. That's a billboard. He's training in the corner. You know, we got it. They got the they got the cold the cold metal on the face for the for the you know to, to calm the swelling. But then they're still getting that beard looking good. That's what I'm talking about. Making some money That's here. That's an amazing commercial right there. <laughs> you got to get your credit for that one. Ryan needs to Ryan needs to be become the a marketing rep. A hey, marketing man, I got 
what it's like to take care of this thing. You know, it, it takes some work, but I mean, I digress. It's not what it used to be when I could put it over my nose. It was so long. Now it's a little more in control. But anyway, that's beside the point. I, I did want to ask you about this. Obviously, we talked before how, how just exciting and how, how good it is that, that we're getting boxing back in Minnesota. And obviously, you know, we got, we got Shango most likely in one of the main, main spots on the card. Uh, the, the talk of Caleb Truax, you know, which is awesome, brings more, more eyes to the Minnesota brand. But right before you got on here, I got a word from somebody, and I don't know if, if this is something you've heard or what your thoughts about it is, but there's talk that there might be an IBF title defense from uh, Jose Uzcadegui against Caleb Plant on this show. That's insane. You know, I have all of the insights on that, on those things. Now it has anything to do with uh, PBC or anything like that. Uh, and you, it's insane. Like, well, how did I, you hear that? I got man. I got. I've been doing radio for years upon years, and <laughs> I, I, I got sources upon sources. I'm just and and it's not. I'm not confirming it or denying it, and we will wait till wait till anybody obviously says something with with PBC and everything. But the simple fact that that you know we looked at this this back in April and we're like, man, let's hope this goes off with a hitch. And then now we look at the fact. I mean, who's to say that now? You know, fight three. Who's to say it's not ESPN doing a top rank show here, or? You know what I mean? Like, this is such yeah. a huge step in the right direction. And I think the beauty that I, I'm crediting guys like you is everybody that I've spoken to that went to this fight, obviously they love the main events. They love the big fights. They love seeing Edner Cherry in Minnesota, things like that. Sure. But everybody said, wow, these dudes from Minnesota came out and banged and brought it. And I hope these guys start getting showcased on undercards that get televised. And that's where it comes back to you. And that's where my excitement came in today when Elijah goes, hey, Poppy G's coming back on. I said, hell yeah. This dude deserves promotion. He deserves exposure. He whooped some dude's ass in front of us last time. And, and I can't wait, you know, whenever he still fights again, we get to see him do it again. And I, I, I can't wait to shake his hand and go, my God, you're on the track that you're doing something big. And Minnesota's here, man. And it's I, I mean, you could tell from the passion of my voice. I'm so excited for this. I cannot wait to just see what continues to happen. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping two, three years from now, who's to say HBO or something doesn't run a Target Center card, man? Ah, it'd be awesome. Right at the oh, X. well, you know, I mean, it's going to be even better than, you know, when we fight again this time, it's going to be even more exciting and even better than the last time. I mean, I have grown so much since the last fight, like, tremendously my skills and everything have have gone to a completely different level since the last fight, um, which which that was a good fight. But there's always more to work on, and we have been continuing to work and continuing to work in. And, and to answer your question about you know Caleb Plant, that is definitely a uh, that's a rumor. It's definitely a rumor, but you know that's it's in the works. That's in the works. And it's a it's a rumor I have heard too, and you know know some somewhat about, but. It'll come. I mean, if Allen decide to to announce it, you know, that'll definitely come. As far as, you know, the Target Center and things like that, um, there have been fights at the Target Center before, but they were not as big. As far as top ring bringing cards here, uh, 
that's a possibility. But the the two fighters, the two top fighters that are that are signed right now, um, they are signed to Al Heyman. You know, so that plays a big role in it as well. Like fighters can come here. You know, you know they can bring fighters here. Top rank can bring fighters here and things like that. But it's just not going to sell as much because no, none of Minnesota fighters will really, really be on that card like that. And yeah, plus, it wouldn't be, you know, a, a Caleb Truex on a headline card actually from Minnesota. Things like that. Top rank don't have any fighters really from Minnesota except for they have um, they have Ishmael. He's from here, but he's not a Caleb. I mean, he's not a he's not a Caleb Truex or Jamal James. You know, it it doesn't it doesn't really matter how many fights you have. You know, you got to still be able to put butts in seats, and and yeah, we put we put butts in seats. I mean, even at the last fight, there was over two hundred people there alone just for Poppy G. So, you know, we put butts in seats, and um, the next fight is going to be great. We're definitely going to get some TV time and get promotion and, and all of those things. You know, having and, that great relationship with Sam. It's and I think you know I I think it's gonna you know like I said I think it's gonna get there and you know I I gotta say kudos real quick to Caleb Plant kudos to him man I I was at a WBC party for the the Ward Kovalev one fight down in Vegas and I I met him and talked to him for a few minutes and that that dude was more down to earth than half of the people there that were trying to promote the fight to make people happy and like their brand like I'm like this like you don't have to be nice to people right now and he was. I mean, dude went out of his way to talk to everybody, and I'm like, that's that's respect, and you know, I hope you get something. And the fact that this could happen makes me happy because I he's a dude that deserves a good, you know, a good shot. But I mean, neither here nor there. But yeah, I just I'm I'm super excited for this. I cannot wait for for August 24th. I'm <laughs> I'm preparing to do my Sunday through Friday six days uh, that week, so my my day off can be can be uh, this Saturday because uh, obviously, as you know, Elijah, it's my Christmas and my job line now. So I'm going to be there come hell or high water. Uh, sleeping yeah, this or one not, is going to be packed. This is, this is, this is going to be a packed show. It's going to be – I guarantee it's going to be way better than the last time. And for me, for me, really, you know, uh, even in our next fight, it's just for me to really go out there and display uh, the, the talent that I behold. And continuing to get better and better and being very, very elusive. My thing is to be very elusive um, more than any any other fighter and to be able to throw certain shots and, and a lot of punches and, you know, fast, being really sharp. Because I can do everything. I mean, that's something that I definitely displayed the last fight is that I can do whatever I want to. And, and that's my thing It's just to do whatever I want to in the ring and whatever with any fighter. And there's just nothing that they can do with me. And being being in there with the, with a more experienced guy, um, well, not more experienced, but more experienced in a, in a professional ranking on paper, uh, he definitely taught me a lot as far as uh, you know being in there with guys that know how to survive and you know what to do at certain certain points of of time in the ring or last ten seconds, twenty seconds, the whole the survival, you know. So this next fight, you know, I really expect the it was close. It was close to a knockout the last fight. It was close. But he was he was experienced. I got to take my hat off to him. But the next fight, again, I'm expecting a knockout. And that's going to be in every fight. No matter who I fight, we're expecting a stoppage. We're expecting a mental stoppage. We're expecting everything to just be way more than what somebody can handle. And also on the Target Center, um, speaking about the Target Center, 
you know, our goal is to set up U.S. Bank Stadium. You know, that's our yeah. goal for fucking Poppy G. Yeah. That would be U.S. Bank Stadium. That would that would be that would be tight. Like, and, and no offense to uh, Raymond Chacon, but uh, let's not forget that he had a tag partner in the ropes uh, all fight when you guys fought. Uh, just saying. Uh, not talking <laughs> him, but I mean, the ropes definitely were, were, uh, were helping. Uh, you know, that was his manager, you could almost call it. If this was pro wrestling, they, that dude kept pulling the ref's leg and stopping the three count because – but anyway, that that's that's that. You know, I do I do got one other thing I wanted to ask you before I let Elijah uh, get back at it with if anything else he has. Um, you know, you mentioned the different training and, and what you're doing with the training and getting ready for the Orthodox and such. You also mentioned the the Al Heyman stuff where you went out to California. Was there any was there any guys that you got to spar with or get in the ring with when you're where you kind of did that? Wow, I'm in the ring with blank. Like I, I'm I'm here now. Yeah, it was. Um, there was a lot of guys I got in the ring with when I was out there, you know. So, I mean, and, you know, these are top guys as well that, you know, fight guys that are coming up. Some of the guys, uh, as far as one guy as well, his brother is with, with uh, Floyd. Some of the guys who were already with Sam, some of the guys who were, you know, just around. But these are top, top-notch top guys. But it's never to a point you know, around guys in my weight class, it ne- it's never going to be to a point with me where it's just like, wow, I'm in the ring with this guy. With me, it's like, wow, this guy is in the ring. Like, this guy really stepped in the ring with me. Okay? <laughs> you know, that's, that's more so of what it is with me. But I do want to spar uh, and hopefully fight one day Leo Santa Cruz. You know, I do Ooh. want to fight one day at 126. Um, but, you know, he it, it's, a, it's, it's a time to get there because he definitely has a lot of fights. And you got to look forward to, to uh, Gary, to little Gary. But sparring-wise, yeah. I definitely will want to um, get in the ring with him. Because I'm still, honestly, I'm still waiting to be tested, even in sparring. I haven't, uh, it's, it's rarely where, you know, guys are, they, they can test me or they can bring something out of me. So I'm, I'm still waiting. We spar a lot of guys. So just give me the, the, the top guys around 126 and, you know, see what they can do. Yeah, because I, like, you were posting some pictures and stuff, too. Like, you met, like, you you met Leo Santa Cruz, didn't you? Like, yeah, you, I met him. Yeah, well. but then you met, like, Sean Porter, and you got to, like, kind of hang out really. with. Yeah, you got to hang out with all those dudes. Like, did you, have you known them? Like, did you ever meet them before? Was, like, that, was that your first time meeting them, or? Yeah, yeah, most of them it was. But my coach knew, my coach had already knew Sean Porter a very long time. Um, so with him, yeah, uh, me and Leo, we met a few times, uh, more more than three times when I was down in L.A. too because, okay. you know, when you're traveling around with Sam and him, you're going to meet those guys and you're going to be in front of those guys. So we met a few times, and uh, I'm pretty sure he know, you know, that I'm coming up in the rankings and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, so hopefully, hopefully one day, you know, getting up to that time in the next two years or so like that, I definitely would like that fight. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you before, I guess we kind of wrap things up and you kind of, you know, tell us about some things and plug some stuff. I just wanted to ask you, did you get a chance to watch the Robert Easter, uh, Mikey Garcia fight? Last night I did watch it. What'd you think? I watched it. I was exactly how I said it was going to go. See, 
even when I was down in L.A. talking to Mikey, you know, we were actually talking about it and right next to each other. And um, as, as I tell everybody, I'm going with Mikey. I mean, over – I wouldn't go with it – is, it's a split 50-50 with, like, him and Earl Spence. Uh, I got Crawford over Mikey. But anybody else, really, um, I'm, I'm going with Mikey. His technique is just – man, his technique is pure. I'm going with Mikey. Yeah. I seen the fight last night. Um, I said right before it happened, right before Robert got knocked down, I said it. He kept dropping his right hand over and over and over again. And Mikey is known for those hooks. And sure enough, caught him with a right-hand hook and, and dropped him. Yeah, I've, uh-huh. I've, I kind of figured the same thing, too. Like, to me, um, Mikey Garcia, you know, he's – his biggest strength is his technical ability. I mean, he's probably one of the has probably one of the highest IQ boxing IQs out there. He's very technically sound. He's always balanced. Uh, he doesn't throw many wild punches. He's got underrated hand speed. And to me, I just I think he's one of those. He's so dangerous because he's one of those guys that is just athletic enough, and he has a lot of technical ability. So. He doesn't just depend on his athletic ability. And he, he comes he on late, skill too, and, man, which is awesome. He's one of the best. Like, he is he's amazing to watch. So, Yeah, hands down, I agree. His technique. See, the thing with Mikey is, like, his technique goes with his speed. So, a lot of guys, I don't understand how you can underestimate Mikey. Like, he's the world champion in four different weight classes, like 126, uh, what, 130, 35, and 40? So it's like, how could you under... And I think that, man, I, I really want to see him fight Lomachenko. I would like to see that fight. But I'm I st- I'm still going with Mikey over Lomachenko, too. So, I don't know, man. I, Mikey is one of the best to ever live to me. Yeah, he's... he's and, and the thing that I took, too, is, you know, it, it was a it was a it was a close fight, and then Garcia just turns it on. You know, come seventh round, he's he's landing double digit power punches as everything was singles before. And I'm like, my God, if you can't press the pace the whole fight, once you get into deep waters, he's gonna finish you. And and I mean, Robert Easter was I mean he was I was waiting for the Walters the No Moss. You know, he was I don't know him anymore. <laughs> he was getting bounded on. I do, I do, this is totally made me no think about this last, last thing. Oh, man, that's still my favorite thing is when Lomachenko said I should change my name to Nomaschenko. I went, yep, this is a bad dude right here. <laughs> he is that yeah. confident that he's going to make you quit on this duel. But any, can you give me any insight as, as a stud boxer like you are as to why, this is the last thing I got for you, and then we'll let you go, why Leo Santa Cruz is always shaking his hand? He's the only guy I ever see continuously, over and over, just shaking that right hand. You well, me think personally, I think that it's a yeah. Me personally, I think that it's a twitch in his hand. He, he must have like a, a damaged nerve or something like that in his hand. Um, that's the only thing that I can think of. If it, it might be a disconnected nerve that they can't fix or something like that, which causes the twitch. But the interesting thing is that most people don't catch on to that. Most fighters can't catch on to it. Leo does throw a lot of punches, but a lot of fighters are also not able to put him in checkmate. Um, I think if somebody starts tapping that hand a little bit more, then he'll start shaking it a little bit more. But, um, and, then you can catch him. 
catch him in between. My first thoughts, my first thoughts were is that when I see him do that, I'm like, God, is his hand broken or something? Because usually when a fighter kind of shakes their hand like that, it usually means their hand's broken or it's bothering or something's wrong with it. But he does it like constantly, almost like right before he punches or like when he's kind of resetting himself or moving around the ring, he just kind of, you know, does that. It's like, it's just weird. So, What's well, I was saying, I think it's like I think it's like Patrick Waugh. There's a goalie. For those of you who don't know the, if, if people are listening, if they don't know hockey, uh, goalie, 80s, 90s, and part of the 2000s. One of the, probably the second, third greatest goalie ever, Patrick Waugh. And every time there'd be a whistle, and you'd reset to the faceoff circle, he's shaking his head and his helmet's just violently shaking, and he's just always. Sna- I'm doing it right now, trying to imitate it as, some- as if somebody can see this, but he's he's just shaking his head around, and I'm going, "What in the hell is he doing? He's going to make himself dizzy." And whenever he would do an interview and everything, never did it, but whenever he had that helmet on, he would just his head's always just gyrating like it was just a weird, like nervous twitch or something. And that's the first thing that it reminded me of. And with you mentioning the the Santa Cruz thing, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he's got some answers for me. But uh, yeah, no, he actually does that outside of the ring too. Okay, now that makes even more sense with the, with the nerve thing that you said. Then see, that's what I'm talking about. You know everything that I need to know. See, you helped me. You've made my life easier after this great conversation to get tonight. Uh, for doing that, I would love it if you could go ahead and plug everything you got once again for all of our great listeners, your listeners, everyone's listeners, on uh, how they can just read your stuff, hear about you, and keep keep on following. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can follow me at Gizwa Pierre uh, Jr. on Instagram. On Facebook, it's Poppy G, uh, P-A-P-I-G. And everything else uh, is Gizwa Pierre, which is spelled G-I-E-Z-W-A-P-I-E-R-R-E, Jr. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram, every social site, Twitter. Uh, that's where you can follow me. That's what we like. That's what we like. Good luck in the in the coming coming weeks and months, sir, with your uh, next upcoming fight. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Yeah, of course. Even if even if y'all have time to to maybe come to one of the training camps or something like that, uh, you definitely are welcome anytime. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was gonna I was gonna ask you. Um, we got something kind of in the works for our, for strong style media, and I might need a I might need a trainer or like a place to train. So I was. Do you have any suggestions on any on somewhere I can go? Where they would have time to, you know, help me out with this thing, and we what would is like that? to train. Are you trying to do like boxing training or just regular? Uh... Yeah, so we haven't really disclosed what we're gonna do yet, but okay, we, me and one of my colleagues, might do this like little. We might chronicle us uh, going through a training camp, getting ready for a fight, and then us at the end of our training camp. Uh, having a having like a smoker like a like a a match at the end, so essentially like an amateur bout. So, but we're we're trying to figure out time like when we're gonna start, and we're trying to figure out, or at least he might have somebody in mind, but I'm trying to figure out who like who to train with or who possibly could train me. And obviously we're gonna be kind of like recording it, videotaping it, like putting it on social media, like just all the like just everything of me going through training and stuff and how it affects my everyday life and kind of just culminating to the point where 
we have an amateur fight. So that's that's yeah, what. Of course. That's what um, come down. I mean, come down to our gym. Uh, we, we, you know, my coach and we have other coaches there that train fighters as well. Uh, or whatever you're trying to do, just come down. I mean, see see what you like the most. Because if you can, you can really go to any boxing gym and just let them know what you want. And depending mm-hmm. on what you want, then it, they'll, if they have the time, then they'll, they'll definitely train you. Or whatever the goal is, you, know, you can set it up that way. But definitely at our gym, uh, my coach. Yeah. You know, because we train at certain periods of time, so outside of that time that we train, um, they definitely train people as well and get them ready for fights. Yeah, because I'm look I'm looking to essentially train for an amateur fight because this is what and this it, is. It, it'll be cool too because because we we think you guys, you know, the amount of work you guys put into a training camp is is remarkable and. And I don't think enough people give credit or realize how difficult it is. And the fact that these two are willing to, to try it, I was like, I, I'll do, I can be a ring announcer. I'm working on my dad bod. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to die out there. But I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's just people don't, people don't see enough of how hard it is to, to do this. And we think it'd be good for, you know, for the sport too, to kind of, you know, two everyday guys trying to, trying to do what these professionals do on a daily basis and it's just how remarkable it is. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times like people, you know, like a lot of times fighters have other jobs and they have families and like they have a lot to juggle around their boxing schedule. So we just, I want to kind of see what it's like and kind of feel what it's like. And like I said, you know, kind of chronicle it and show like my struggles with it my uh, triumphs with it and then eventually it ending in the actual culmination of, you know, the fight happening. So, so yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to be searching and looking around, but I just wanted to know if you had any suggestions about, about where I should go or where I should start looking. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, as, as in, you know, I would say me personally, I mean, my best, my gym is, is, you know, that's a gym where we train. So I don't know too much about any other gym, but I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of a lot of gyms in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty trained. So, but it all depends on you, and it all depends on what you feel comfortable with. But what I would say is definitely go to the different gyms and see um, what would be best fitting for you. Okay. Well, thank you. It's, it's, thank you it's for that going advice. to be uh, the opposite of your next fight, Gizzy. It's going to be the worst fight that's ever going to culminate in a ring, and I cannot wait. To, no, I'm just kidding. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be nice, so nice. nervous for both of you going, oh, my God, what did I sign off for? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Gonna, well, kudos for even thinking about getting in there. Um, that's a big step. Yeah, they are yeah, they're more step. manly than I am. That's, I'm, that's probably gonna sure. be, I'm probably going to be regretting it. It's probably going to make me rethink things because, I mean, yeah, I, I go to the gym quite a bit, but this is this is a whole different animal. And I'm kind of nervous, I'm kind of nervous for it, but I'm kind of excited for it too. So. No, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. And then once you do it and you actually train and you actually get it done, guess what? You're going to feel amazing. You're going to feel yeah. great because you accomplished something that a lot of people don't get to accomplish. That is true. Damn, right. 
Now I feel like I need to just I need to just get out, just go walk around the block, and then I'll feel accomplished. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm, I'll with it then. <laughs> all right, Gizzy, thanks for coming out again, man. We'll chat soon. All right. Definitely, I have y'all a wonderful night tonight. You too. Thanks, Thank bro. you, Giz. Giz, what Pierre coming on? Robert. I didn't think you were gonna drop the bomb when you did. I went, oh no. <laughs> I didn't quite drop the bomb yet. I mean, this is still very preliminary, but... No, just bringing you know. it up to ask him about it. I was like, oh, God, he's going to ask him I to wanted, train him. <laughs> I, wanted, I, wanted him to pl- I wanted him to plug his gym. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That would have been a good way to do it. I, I felt like when, uh, when, when Ric Flair was, was yelling at Sting and the Shockmaster fell through the wall, and he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Didn't he, didn't he call Sid Vicious Stid Vicious too? Then he goes, Stid Vicious? <laughs> and, then, and then the bulldog goes, he fell on his bloody ass, man. <laughs> God, that was funny. Flair goes, oh, God. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Wasn't it a great interview? Didn't, didn't, one of the, didn't somebody, like, actually nail some boards? Like sticking out, like nail some boards in the doorway that he was supposed to burst through, so he would trip and fall. Didn't some like wasn't that like a pr- no? So like, wasn't it? So they, they put up the like a fake, prank. No, they put up a fake wall, and whoever did it put a big like two by four at the bottom for extra reinforcement. So oh, he I went, heard that he caught the two by four, and then his. Glittered stormtrooper helmet went flying on the floor as he scrambled to put it back on his head. I heard somebody put that two by four in there as a prank, so it was like, oh, no. okay, because this was going to be like a main event of a pay per view. Oh God! So whoever someone would have messed that up, they would have been fired. You got Ole Anderson doing the voice of the Shockmaster. <laughs> I can't even. Oh man! Oh, that was tight. Let's let's take our break here. Uh, take a break of the night. We come back. We're gonna break down all these fights. Uh, we gotta talk the Mungaya versus Smith fight from last week, but we'll get talking uh, on all the rest of these fights in this week. And oh, don't I, I, I want to talk about Mungaya for a minute, man. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You you can get it after the break when you're ready to get it. Stand at eight count. Don't go away. So you get it. Most people would consider this. Illegal. Illegal. What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong foul media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. 
Alex Mello here, one half of the Pop Culturist, inviting you to get your pop culture fix every Wednesday night here on the Strong Style Media Network. Alongside Half Pine Kyle Adams, we'll see who got beat down at the box office, run down the Manic Movie Minute, find out what Kyle has for his musical mantra, and you hear our takes on the latest in film, the television, and the music. Listen to the Pop Culturist every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media or search strong style media on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and Player FM. Strong Style Media, we are conglomerates. Greetings and salutations, fight fans. It's your boy Dub. One half of standing eight count radio. You want fight analysis, news, a look at the local Minneapolis, Minnesota boxing team? Then tune in Sundays, 10 p.m. Central Time, and listen to Ryan Cook and I break down the street science. If you don't know where to find us, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. That's Ascending Account Radio, and that's presented by Strong Style Media. We are conglomerate. Making the sound clips, and they were asking what kind of Spanish music we were listening to, or I was doing. Who said that? That's what Jen said. I was like, "What about that Such song?" Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> since the music is violin. Since when is violin Spanish? I don't know because it ain't Iggy. I don't. I don't know. String instruments are considered Spanish. I'm like, hey, what's up? Um, man, I can't wait. I got so much news to talk about, too. That just Ooh. blows my mind. Ooh. Uh, what, what I want to bring up, because it's going to go off of hat on. Did you borrow Isaiah's Newsy, Newsy's hat for this segment? Oh, man, so you'd be I, like, get your news. Hot <laughs> news off the press. Shoe shine. I seen him. He was in the corner <laughs> store getting the shoe shine. <laughs> <laughs> Heard all about it. <laughs> um so you know obviously we're gonna we'll talk about the the Mungaya fight but you know I, I just i realized i wrote dilliam instead of dillian white maybe it's like the dilly gaff like shannon moore but uh dillian white beats joseph parker really good fight both guys get a knockdown close fight uh, really fun um it, it was it was a lot like joshua and parker with White just taking a taking a fall as opposed to just getting rocked a few times, and it went decision as opposed to Josh because Joshua stopped him in like the tenth or eleventh, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, but but no, it was, no, it was no, maybe. Yeah, I, I I think I think so. I can't remember the Dillian White fight with Joshua was so long ago, but yeah. No, the Joseph Parker fight with Joshua. Oh, I don't think Joe. I think it went to decision. Maybe it did go to decision, but it was it was a lot of the same where Parker came out and and was once again, 
maybe kind of think, you know, maybe he really is a lot better than we ever gave him credit for because he, he showed out again. It's just Dillian White caught him early. And you could tell Parker was hurt and Parker got behind in the rounds and he got his composure back, but it was just too little too late. And, you know, if he would have got his composure back a little sooner, who's to say he doesn't knock out Dillian White because he was beating on him at the end there. Um, Eddie, uh, so Derek Tesora defeated Carlos Takam on Friday. TKO and, him? I can't, I can't and, believe and, it. Eddie Hearn wants Dillian White to fight uh, Chisora next. That could and be an interesting Eddie, fight. Dillian White declined it. <laughs> Dillian White said, wow. no. No, I'm not doing that. I think well, maybe Dillian he wants something White else. wants to come for his stablemate. Joshua, or maybe or, maybe they could maybe they could set up or a wild. or Wilder or maybe they could set up a a Dillian White big baby Miller fight. Yeah, that's another good one too. So really interesting, and you know Dillian White coming out, nice win, nice solid win too. He deserves credit for that. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if Eddie Hearn's going to be a little butt hurt that he can't get his proverbial way he always wants is Dilly White says no. I love it. That's my well, that's my favorite dude best part. You, the the big thing one thing that I gathered from this weekend is that Luis Ortiz is still a player, man. Like he's still a guy that Wilder or Joshua probably need to worry about. Oh my you know and he kept talking about or Ortiz kept talking about I I blew that fight when I let up in the seventh. And that's exactly what we said is he, for some reason, just stopped hitting him. And I don't know if he got too, you know, I'm assuming he, he was gassed just, himself going for the finish. I, I would say I, I could see a combination of gassing himself, but I also think there's a little bit of him that was being cautious. Like if True. I run in and he throws one of these, Neanderthalic Donkey Kong arm punches. I'm going to see the canvas, which he did anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know who? Deontay Wilder. Love Deontay Wilder. You know that. That's one of my favorite fighters. He, he. You know who? He, if he was a video game character, he would be Jack from Tekken. <laughs> yeah. With those boom, 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 boom punches. Yeah. He would totally. Definitely. I'm thinking about that. I'm like, oh my god, that's Jack. It's just, it's just, you know, he's on a Long robot. ass arms, wild ass, like, hammer fist, almost like punches where he's not even hitting you with his fist. It's more like the bottom of his hand. He's doing the, the swinging one way and then swinging back the other way and then coming from the top when you do his XX or a square, square, square combo. <laughs> like, the only thing left is for him to sit on his butt and punch you in the gut forward as he's moving on his ass. But um, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up too, uh, did you know that that Joshua did that um, Dillian White and Joshua did fight before? Yeah, yeah, Joshua beat okay. him. I know that. Yeah, knocked him out. Maybe he wants. Maybe Dillian White's like, I want my rematch. Well, I mean, he's he's building up a resume where I think he deserves it. He's beaten other the guys he should beat. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, or, or he says if I. I, I replay that round over and over and I wish I would have kept punching him. And I think, I think he now knows that if he does get another shot and he gets him in that situation, you got to go for it because he is 
Wilder still could knock you out with one shot anyway, so why not just take the risk? If you're yeah. going to see canvas, at least go down and having a, you know, not trying to knock him out. But, um, so that, that interests me. Obviously, we could move to that. King Kong with one of the most brutal left hands I have seen all year. Um, Ko, Kojanu, his I, I swear the back of his head touched his back. I, he yeah. hit him so hard. And he did that like I just ate something really sour face and just fell to, the knee, fell to his ground. And he, he kept trying to stand up, and it was like once again in fight night where you go too far and you fall the one way, and you go too far and fall back the other way. He, yep. he was done. Oh, that was that was the that was one of those brutal knockouts of the year. Man, that that dude, you just knew he was in there to get a paycheck too. I mean, he was like kind of like not throwing any punches, just kind of like posturing like. Oh, nothing hurts, nothing hurts. And then he just got, <laughs> see you later. And and their their game plan of, we're, you know, we're going to have Rosvan take it easy for the first three rounds to try to That's take one of the dumbest things it, ever. Exactly. You're in there with a heavyweight knockout artist. Why would you, you just going to sit there and hope he doesn't tee off on you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. He got they, when he ate that first shot near the end of the first round, and he his eyes kind of opened, and he had that uh oh look, like that yeah. wasn't fun. And I think Ortiz smelt blood because you could see he came back out and he had that that like Sicario death grin, and just, <laughs> just came at him. And then and then Razvan decides to finally start throwing punches, and he gets countered to the point he's in a coma. Yeah, I mean was brutal. Yeah, that was that was that was a, a short but good fight and I'm glad that Ortiz came back and looked really good cuz like I said, he he deserves to be in the title picture. I mean, he's to me, it's Anthony Joshua and I think still think Ortiz and Wilder even though Wilder won, I still think Ortiz and Wilder are one A and one B, in my opinion, it's close. It's like those three are so close right mm-hmm. now. So yeah, so I, I, just, I hope he, I hope he's not the forgotten guy. You know what I mean? Because he definitely he, deserves to be up there because he's better than Parker. He's better than White. He's better than Miller at this point. He's he's just in such a rough spot because it's like. He did so much to the point where if I'm Joshua Wilder, I don't know if I'm really ecstatic to get in the ring with him. Yeah. Because of what he did show he could do. Um, so he made himself just that dangerous. But he well, was just short to make to get the job done. So he's now he's he's in that like odd limbo. Yeah. And he's dangerous too because he's got a ton of power, but he's a technically sound like boxer for a heavyweight. Yeah. You know? Look, so, look at the counter and it for the knockout. That was a that was yeah. a beautiful counter punch left cross to the mouth. Where that dude was see I mean that dude went down like glass Joe. I mean that was oh it was violent. It was a that was a I I literally classify that as a violent knockout. That was a violent knockout that man had. 
and he is that. I mean, that dude's he's not going to be able to eat right for a couple of days. I guarantee you that. Yeah. You know, so we'll see what happens. Kudos to uh, Ortiz's daughter getting getting treatment healthy. That's that's good for him. Oh, that, good for him. That was a good good thing to see, and the emotion that he displayed, like when he had to kind of step to the side a little bit and grab a towel, and yeah, that was. That was a that was a good moment. I was glad I got to see that. Yeah, and it's you know, and it, and it's it's one of those things too where, you know, it shows these guys are human. And yeah, sometimes sometimes you don't get that with everybody. Um, I guess you know if we're as we're randomly jumping around here, I'm going to jump around even more. Mike Garcia, Robert Easter. It's so hard for me to be a Robert Easter fan. Cause I do like Robert Easter and I think he's a classic class act dude. I think he's a stand up dude, but I don't know how he can be that much of a stand up dude and how I can cheer for him with the company that this dude keeps every time they show it his little entourage posse. I just wanted to, I oh, just grip my, th- I can't stand Adrian fricking Bronner, man. I can't stand They're that. From dude. Ohio, man. You can go hang out with the Sammy Callahans. <laughs> I, and then, Adrian Bronner just that's the point now where I'm just like, whatever, dude. I don't it doesn't he doesn't even bother me any bother me anymore. I mean I don't he never really did bother me, but I just I don't know. I don't care, I, I guess. With media in the back and they're sitting there like, uh and I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. But then they show, you know, they're showing everyone in the crowd, and he starts giving, he just starts flipping off the camera like he's a pro wrestler. And it's like, once again, you know, the one Charlo, I won't mention the other Charlo now that he's might go to jail. Um, but the, the the one Charlo, at least he backs it up. You know, some of these guys, <laughs> they're talking smack, and they're building their brand. Bronner's just... He's like that dude in high school that walks around with the Letterman jacket, and I was like, ugh. And then when he finally somebody he finally pushes somebody too far and they beat his ass, and then it's like, ugh. You know, that's what he reminds me of. He's running his mouth, and he gets in there with a guy like Mikey Garcia and gets slapped around. It's like, yeah, you're not so tough. <laughs> Chump. Yeah. God. I'm gonna flip the crowd up. And then and you know, Javada Davis, we've lost him. After the last couple fights he's had, and if he's kicking it oh, with he, Adrian, he looked great his last fight. I'm talking about his attitude. I feel like that's going to be out the door now. Nah, we'll see. I, I like Javante Davis. He at least can fight, man. Bronner just needs to go. I just, I, I see him and he just makes my day upset. <laughs> Such a douchebag. <laughs> it's like it's like what I imagine when somebody like meets Alberto Del Rio in public. They're like, God, that guy's a, probably a prick. <laughs> you know? Uh, Is he a prick? I don't know much about Alberto Del Rio. Huh? He's a, or he he can come off as somebody pretty arrogant. Oh, it's just like, come on. Did he call you? Remember did he I, call you a paro? Is that why you don't like him? Did he call you a peril one day? Uh, I was like, shut up. Why don't you, how come you can't keep a job? <laughs> Sorry. 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 I'm just, I'm just 
getting angry here. But, um, you know, that Garcia Easter fight I thought was a tremendous fight. I thought Easter, Easter did better than I thought he was going to do. I thought this was going to be an in-and-out showing for Garcia. And, you know, I look at my scorecard. I had this 66-66 after seven rounds. And I was like, holy crap, this is a hell of a fight. And then 8 through 12, I definitely got to put to Garcia. Yeah, I didn't have it as close as you did. I had I had um, Easter winning the first round. I had Garcia winning the second round, but it was a close round. I think it could have went either way. Um, obviously, the round three was 10-8. Garcia flew knocked down. I had Garcia winning four, five. I had Easter winning six, even though uh, Garcia almost stole that round at the end. You maybe could have made a case for him stealing the rounds. And round seven, I had it for Garcia. Um, Easter had a good start to round seven, but he kind of faded, and Garcia stole another round. And then round eight, I had Garcia. That round, to me, it seemed like Easter was like moving around a lot, but he wasn't really throwing any punches. Mm-hmm. And yep. low point. Um, round nine, I had 10-9 Garcia. Again, another round where Easter was winning at the beginning, but Garcia kind of took it towards the end. And then I had... Yes. And that, that to a, me, that was a tale of the fight. Is like Easter couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do quite enough to like seal the rounds, and Garcia won won on his like on his punching power and his power punches. If that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. So what, what what were you gonna say? I don't. I feel like I maybe might have cut you off or something. Or... Oh, it's fine. Just 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 finish just finish the fight, and then then I'll jump in. So um, some more points that I saw from that fight too is what, what you did know, you have Garcia... the last two rounds though? You, oh, you I had I had, I had Garcia pretty much winning the last three. So uh, the last two. Um, I had I gave Easter two rounds out of twelve. Garcia well, so the one. She hit it 118, 108. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a. Cl- I like I said. I, it was or one eight close, but yeah, it it maybe could have been closer. Like so, like maybe my scorecard. The fight was closer than my scorecard indicated. But again, like I said, it's because I feel like Garcia was taking a lot of those rounds at Easter kind of built up some equity at the beginning, but he just couldn't sustain it for the whole entire round. Because I, I gave Easter 1, 2, 5, and 7, and then I gave Garcia 3, 4, 6, and then the last 5. I had it 116, 111. There was, I had round 2, 5, 6, and 7, and it was all close, and I gave Easter 3 of those 4 rounds. The only reason I went Easter is I felt like Garcia had the late that late stretch, but like like uh, what was like the round four, which I think you gave that Garcia, right? Yep. And like he landed more punches against Garcia than he did in round one, which everybody gave him in round one, and Garcia landed less punches than he did. So like to me, that was a no-brainer for round four. Um, and it, you know, so his late comeback to me was only like twenty-five seconds. Yeah. So I couldn't, and- I couldn't give. 
not give East. It was, you know, like I said, Easter landed more punches than in round one. I got to give him the round. Not necessarily, because his punches really weren't doing much. Garcia's punches were doing way more damage to me, I guess. Yeah, no, they, what they were. I mean, they were definitely doing more punches. I, I just, I don't think, I didn't think he, he did a long, like, I just felt like, you know, 25, 30 seconds of owning the round with, with the power when not owning the other two and a half and the crowd really swaying the punches more than they were. That crowd was really making some of those punches better than they were at the beginning. Um, but I think at the end there, I just, I, I don't, I think, I think Garcia got better as the fight went on. It was like the Lip and Ye fight for me where it was a nice, even fight and the guy was in there with them. And then Garcia figured it out and just like that, he dominated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just seemed like Easter just lost steam. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he, it, and I mean, Garcia did a good job of kind of cutting off the ring and pressuring Easter. You know, I think that might have had some. I think that might have tired Easter out. I don't. I don't know if Easter expected Garcia to move as well as as he does. Which I mean, a lot of people kind of, you know, take for granted when they fight Garcia that. You know, he's got pretty good feet, and he's got pretty good, like, hand speed. Like, a lot of people don't realize how how good his feet are and how fast he is until they actually fight him. I mean, even Lipinier, they were saying, was mm-hmm. saying that that he he was surprised he was surprised at Garcia's hand speed. He didn't think he was as fast as he was when he actually got in there with the ring in the ring with him. So, you know. Do you think Easter was just defeated by that point? I think he was tired. I don't. I wouldn't say Garcia put like a beating on him to like and I make guess I him like to break him. Like I don't. Yeah, not not like break him, but like mentally he knew I can't outbox this guy, and he's got my number, and I'm. It's just like I'm. It's like I'm treading water. I'm not. It's not like he's gonna finish me, but I know I can't do anything to finish him. Yeah, I think he. Just, yeah, I think he just kind of ran out of gas, and I just. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think. I don't. Easter, you know, was knocking out guys. A lot of guys, but as he's like stepped up his like last four or five fights, you know, he hasn't knocked anyone out. So. I don't think he was gonna. Like knock Garcia out. I don't think he had the punching power to, knock Garcia out. You know, and he obviously was getting tired, so he couldn't. I don't think he, later on, I don't think he had the movement and, like, the ability to, you know, pump his jab out and move around effectively and stuff, or as effectively as he'd like towards the end because he was just too tired to do it, so. Yeah. 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 And I I think he knew, too, he wasn't going to be able He's you know, if he's got to win it by points, he was he was at the point where he had to almost take everything near the end. Um, yeah. One One judge had it the same as I did. One judge had it, which you did. And then the third judge had it in between what we did at 117, 110. So two, three, four rounds for Easter, um, eight, nine, ten for Garcia was the consensus. And I'm sure Easter probably knew in the back of his head he needed to take those. But I, I will give him this. He he went at it in that ninth round. That might be one of my favorite rounds of the year. Because oh, that man. round went, 
like I went from giving it to Garcia to giving it to Easter to giving it back to Garcia to starting to give it to Easter and then Garcia finishing it. Like I went back and forth like five times that round. I and that was one of the first times too. Easter caught him with a shot. It was one of those like weird like stepping like kung fu looking straight punches he did, and yeah. it it caught Gar- like Garcia blinked and he kind of went back like whoa. And Easter saw it, and he pounced on it, and he started throwing shots at him on the ropes. And then, and then you know, as you alluded with him probably being gassed, he stopped the flurry. And then Garcia was like, all right, I got to get that, that momentum back. And for mm-hmm. a second there, I'm like, Easter, man, if you had some wind, maybe it could make something start going here. That's the, And that was the first time I've ever seen Garcia, like, really kind of do that. You know, everyone always, like, laughs at the punches, but he did the, whoa, it's like blink, and the, like, he probably saw a quick flash for a second there, but Easter couldn't capitalize, and that was it. You know, it was, yeah, that, that was his shot. It, it was that awesome. round was, yeah, that was a great round. Like, I also thought, you know, the round was going back and forth, and there's lots of action, and I was like, oh, wow, Easter might have waken, woken up a little bit, but. I just couldn't couldn't get it done. Yeah, I think he went for it, and when he couldn't do it, is I mean, it was what it was. But you know, I give him kudos, and once again, I give him credit. You know, he was he was the stand up dude. Yeah, that's I just, the best the best he's looked in a like I've never I was never super impressed with Easter. I always thought he was like you know a very good fighter, but I didn't see the hype that a lot of people saw with him, and it's his it's his best showing, and is probably like his last couple fights. You know he hasn't. He didn't look great against um, what's his name? God, I can't think of the guy's name. Richard Kame, when he knocked him down. Uh, he didn't look great against Kame, and he didn't look great against um, who is the guy that that Alberto Machado just knocked out? I believe. Um, I believe Easter. Yeah, the guy. The guy that was like, that's a shut up, shut up, or whatever. Oh. Oh, what the hell is I know what you're talking about. Easter fought him after Kame, didn't he? Yeah, and he didn't look in Easter like How I did, thought was, Easter was that, lost was that Fortuna when he was losing yeah, to Fortuna? And that yeah. was a split decision fight too. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't look great in that fight either and you know, he looked a lot better this fight than he did his last couple, so it, you know, you you know, you, you bring up the Fortuna. That's like that's a damn good good thing to bring up because that was a split decision. The, the Kame fight was also a split decision when they fought for the vacant title. You know, and, and it he went unanimous with Shapikov and Cruz. He didn't even you know he didn't even put them out. Shapikov, maybe I can understand lasting, but Lewis Cruz, I had never even heard of that guy. Yeah. You know, so that's. He did, you know, and maybe he plays up to his competition. I don't know. It's It was interesting, but he looked good. It's The one thing that always scares me about when I watch Robert Easter fight is he just looks so sickly. Is that bad to say? Like, he just looks, like, drained and malnourished. And, like, I feel like he just, I'm like, God, this dude must have worked himself to the point. He's, he's like, he's going to get hurt. Like, no, he looks, doesn't, there's nothing to cool. Yeah. No, he, he definitely he definitely looks like he's a little his height, you know, he's it's a, he's an interesting height for that weight class and I don't know, I don't know how much longer he'll he'll last that weight class just because 
he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't always look he looks very like you said just thin and sickly and just kind of like he's killing like himself he to make that weight. Like, he should fight at like one fifty four or something. Yeah. It's just like it's I don't know it just maybe it, you know I don't know it and I, I'm not trying to bag on the guy you know I mean obviously you agree with me so I'm not it's, I, I feel better but I don't mean to sound bad when I say he sounds that or looks that way but like. You see him, and he like when they when they pull on his trunks to spritz him with water. I mean, you could fit your whole damn knuckle in there. Like he looks, he yeah. just looks like it's just. I don't know. Maybe it is a struggle. Maybe that's why he's struggling to finish these guys. Because I don't know. That might be something to look into. That's that's a that's a nice little side debate. I think to or yeah. side discussion. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's like Mikey Garcia looks like a fully developed. Man, where Robert Easter looks like an NBA rookie coming out of college, yeah. where you know there's six eleven, a hundred and fifty pounds, and you're like, God, yeah. that guy needs. He's Giannis when Giannis first got into the league. <laughs> like, man, this dude needs a weight room. Wait, I don't know. I mean, I guess if he's comfortable and you know looks are deceiving. Um, speaking of looks not deceiving, though, Mario Barrios. This dude looks like he's starting to get ready for a nice fight. Defeats Jose Roman. They they throw in the towel after the eighth round. Barrios looks good, man. What did you think of this fight? Oh man, he put on a good showing. He he was aggressive. He was effective. He threw a lot of like nice like combinations to the body and like to the head. He didn't like he moves well. Like he looked really good. Um, I thought it was a good showing. It was a one-sided fight, but it was entertaining just because he put on a good performance. So I was impressed. Um, obviously fighting, fighting at junior welterweight. So would have some some interesting uh, competition, obviously, at 140, which, which kind of leads us to what we'll get into later with the World Boxing Series. But the division's kind of wide open, and... There is all these, there's these unification second place. So he's in a good division where he's got room to do do some stuff. And I think that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, he's probably he's probably getting to the point where he might be ready for a title fight. Yeah. I know he said, he, you know, obviously he said he's ready. His, his camp doesn't want to overwork him. But, yeah, he, he looked really good. Good showing. I'm glad they threw that on the, uh, the, the, the opener for the show. Uh, ESPN Plus, I still forgot that my subscription doesn't work, and I forgot to bootleg it, but uh, uh, there was a, was a vacant vacant lightweight title, I think, was Ito, on the show, I believe. Yeah, a junior lightweight title. Uh, Masayuki Ito defeats Christopher Diaz to take that vacant title. I did not uh, get a chance to watch that fight. Yeah, he. it sounded like he was bombing. Uh, Masayuki Ito... Uh, now as the champion, and I'm trying to think of what what division that is. That's a 130. So that's you know Giovanna Davis, Alberto Machado, Miguel Burchelt, those guys. Is it related to Judge Judge Ito, Judge Lance Ito from the OJ case? Maybe. How he he uh, Judge Ito looked like Hiro Saito from uh, old wrestling fame. So he's from <laughs> the <Masa> Saito. <laughs> My dad used to. My dad used to love uh, Matt, uh, Saito 
That was like one of his favorite wrestlers back in the day. Saito Super. We lost three wrestlers in a week. Jeez. Austin Saito died last week. And then Grandmaster Sexay hung himself today. And then Nikolai Volkov died today. I heard about Volkov. Yeah, ESPN actually had that on their main page. I thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, we'll get into that tomorrow for uh, WrestleCast Radio. But uh, the other fights, uh, obviously I mentioned earlier, go on Daily Motion and watch this Katie Taylor-Kimberly Connor fight. She looks like she looks like she might be the best of all these women, and we've never seen her. Because she's I'm telling you, man, the way she, she put them punches together, dude, oh, my God. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. Go on DailyMotion.com. It should be on there. But okay. let's talk about last week. You you alluded to this before we left as the cliffhanger. Jaime Mungia takes on Liam Smith. Thoughts? Man, I'm sorry, but man, Mungia has got to be one of the most. I, I uh, HBO. Is, I don't mean to hate on the guy, but HBO seems to be really trying to hype this guy up and. I I don't think he's I don't think he's much more than a like a, barely a step above like a journeyman like like a club like a brawler like club fighter honestly like he's they're putting I feel like they're putting him in against smaller guys that he can beat up on and you know boxing ability doesn't matter because they're not going to be able to hurt him and they're not going to be able to outbox him for the entire fight because he has too much power for them and he's too big for them. And I just like, like some of the things that they're saying about, like, especially Lampley that was saying about Mungai was just making me cringe. Like, Oh God, I'm like this. I'm like HBO is trying to really hype this guy up. And once he steps in there with a guy who's his own size and who can like, fight back with him, it's Moon Guy is gonna get outclassed. But I mean, I was surprised at the like the fight that Liam Smith did put up. <laughs> like Liam Smith looked <laughs> Liam Smith looked pretty good like pretty good in there and he looked way better against Moon Guy than he did against Canelo, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing I said to you is I was like, man, if if these were six round fights, Liam Smith might be pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they. Yeah, I'll tell you this, uh, Mungia or Mungaya, whatever. Are we going Mungia? It, it doesn't matter to me. Whatever. We'll go Mungia. We'll go Mungia. Mungia. Just as long as we call him Jaime. We're Jaime, okay. it is Jaime Mungia. God, that's where we're going. So you gotta, you gotta stick with us, everyone. But um, the crowd's really getting behind this guy. Like, did you hear yeah, the pop that he got? Yeah, he's he's definitely he's he because he's got a fan a fan friendly style. To me, he's he's along that like Mickey Ward or Arturo Gotti like type of fighter. But I think I don't think he's as good as as Gaddy was. Like I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer. But um, but yeah, the crowd likes him because he comes to fight. But I'm telling you. If he would have ended up fighting Triple G, he we would not be 
we would not be thinking this way about Mungia right now, Mungia right now, or however you pronounce. It. I'll just say Jaime. We would not be thinking about Jaime this way because Triple G would have <laughs> tore his head off. It wouldn't have even yeah. been. It wouldn't have even been fun. Well, he would have dealt with yeah. I'm angry Triple G too, which would have made it even worse. Yeah. I mean, ask Marta Rosen how angry Triple G felt. <laughs> so <laughs> like. I think I think HBO is going to capitalize on on him for a while, and they're going to put him in there with the guy who's like the same size as, as him, and he doesn't have a major size advantages against, and that you know is more technically sound than he is. And we're going to see Mungaya get beat up. So, but they're going to ride There's, the wave for a while and get him as popular as possible. Now I've been told that aside. Um, Aside from just Chocolatito on the undercard for Canelo Golovkin, that Mungia might be on the Canelo Golovkin undercard too now. Oh wow! I wonder who will be going up against. Maybe he fights Gary O'Sullivan, and uh, winner gets the winners. Like the winners fight. That would be cool, I guess. You think he would beat the hell out of Gary O'Sullivan, or would he bring no. that games style to him? I think I think that that. Gary O'Sullivan, Mungia fight would be a close fight, just because O'Sullivan's you know he's not a tiny dude and he's a he's a tough dude and he and he can crack some. So, I mean, Saddam Ali and Liam Smith have stand no chance of hurting Mungia. They're too small and they don't have enough power. Like that that Saddam Ali fight was a was a joke. I can't believe. Props to Saddam Ali for taking that fight, but I can't believe. Oh, that. that. <laughs> um, real quick, just some news tidbits I want to run by you before. You know what? Let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's take our last break, get it out of the way, and then when we come back, let's do just some random news that I got. I got a bunch of news over the last two weeks I want to talk to you about. But then I want to break down these brackets for the World Boxing Super Series and kind of get your thoughts as to where they're going. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. Stand in 8-Count Radio. Sick of doing those big leagues? Let's try doing one-day fantasy over at DraftKings.com. The guys over at DraftKings set us. Your boys up at Strong Style Media with their own promo code. Go on to DraftKings.com. Sign up today, make your first deposit, put in promo code STRONGSTYLE, and you'll get a bonus. It's that simple. Join in, play some games, have some fun. Week one's coming, August 2nd. Can't wait. Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all. With your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean Everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yes! We got you covered. Yes! From WWE, yes! New Japan, yes! Ring of Honor, yes! Impact. Lucha Underground, All Japan, and more. We're talking the highs and lows in pro wrestling. Heck, we're even giving you people from the Okadas and Omega. We're even talking the Bone Soldiers and Enzo Amoris. Sorry, Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. 
Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing Eight Count Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Eight Count Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Style Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out The Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. Man, I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear the. I wanted to hear the rapping. Take it over. You're up. No, man. Oh, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll let. Uh, I'll let. I'll let Binary Star hang handle that. Oh, okay. Come on, man. Drop some. Drop some fire. Drop that dialogue for us. That's jo- That's Jordan. Get Jordan <laughs> on here to drop that fire. <laughs> um. Some some interesting news and tidbits. That I wanted to talk about. Uh, Adrian Bronner turned down fighting for matchroom boxing for Eddie Hearn. Uh, no one wants. No, no American fighters. No American fighters want to want to join Eddie Hearn, even though he's trying to like, he's trying to rob all of all of Al Heyman all of, from all of his fighters. Like he's trying to get all the. Al- What's so, that? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I no no you're I good. That's funny that. though. <laughs> Uh, Bronner then said, I love Eddie Hearn's idea of me fighting Amir Khan next. Now you just got to pay me a bunch of money to do the fight. So he agreed to the fight, but then asked for a bunch of money and said, I won't sign with you. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of those things that you're like, like, uh, okay, got it. So you're not going to come to my stable. You will take the fight that I offered you. But you, you and you love the fight, but you only love it if I give you X amount of dollars. Got it. Why don't you go try hey, to beat Age Granados again? That's all, that's why he's AB. He's about billions. <laughs> so I thought that was a little hyper with oxymoron or some something along those lines. Um. We we then uh we we then get. Uh, 
Eddie Hearn offered Wilder seven or eight million to fight Dillian White next. Wow. Um, apparently, they have April thirteenth of next year locked up for Wembley to do Wilder Joshua, but some people mm-hmm. think that this is offering a payday to Wilder to see if you can have Dillian White knock off Wilder to take a thorn out of Joshua's side. Do you think that's true? <laughs> You never know what that he heard. That could be the case. God, could you imagine him and Joshua? Like, all right, check this out. We're going to make Dillian fight him first. And Dillian White's like, yeah. And if you beat him, then we'll put you on the undercard April 13th. And you guys could both make money at Wembley. Yeah, let's do it. And you guys will fight bums. But everyone in London will still buy the damn thing, so who cares? Yeah, let's go. Like that's the kind of conversation I can see happening. Like you guys are. It'll be a. T- it'll 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 be Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury and Dillian White versus Jarrell Big Baby Miller. Which I mean, uh, Miller's not a bum, but Tyson Fury is a bum. Tyson Fury then also said, um, after he takes care of. Um, won Francisco Pianetta on August 18th. He wants Deontay Wilder next. Well, good for him. Hopefully the fight gets made. Hopefully the fight gets made and Tyson Fury gets beat up. I I would love to see it. Fury 29 wants to show that he's not scared to go to America and fight the unbeaten Wilder. He said, you don't have to pay me the 50 million you offered Joshua to come to America. I'll fight for less. <laughs> hey. I'd watch that fight just to watch Fury get beat up. Oh, yeah. And I'd rather see him whoop Tyson Fury's ass than beat up on Dominic Breezeal. Oh, God. Because that's what it might look like it could be otherwise. Hopefully hopefully there's no titty dapping going on in the Brazil fight. <laughs> um. Good thing or a bad thing now with boxing. Uh, the World Boxing Super Series wrapped up here on two weeks ago with um, a one-sided 12-round unanimous decision victory. Alexander Usyk, now 15-0 and with 11 KOs, defeated Murat Gassev, who was 26-0 going into this. Now the undisputed IBF, WBA, WBC, and WBO Cruiserweight champion. Fortunately, he's vacating all four and moving up to heavyweight. You like this or not? Oh, man, yes, because it just brings another credible heavyweight fighter to the fold. I mean, Usyk is a beast, and mm-hmm. Gossip is a really good fighter. I didn't get to watch the fight because I don't have a fire stick, but I heard it like he just – he made uh, he made Gossip just look, look, ba- look bad, and Gossip's not bad at all. Abel Sanchez so, was tripping out, like, why are you not getting your jab untrapped? And he's like, I can't do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. So, Usyk in the heavyweight division, man, oh, man, that's, like, just, you throw him in there with the Wilders and the Joshuas and Louis, Louis Ortiz and Big Baby Miller. You know, it's, man, he's just another good, another really good fighter that's coming in that, could possibly be the best of the bunch. Yeah, that's when it's all said and done. That's the one thing too. With you know, he's I think I think U six like twenty nine or thirty one or something. I know he's young, 
Um, but I, anyway, I can't remember his. Yeah, thirty-one year old. Uh, he won it. I mean, some judges had it one twenty, one hundred eight, all twelve rounds. But yeah, you know, I think I think you got the you made the best point there. Everyone's talking about Joshua fighting Wilder and what Ortiz going to do. Who's to say Usyk doesn't come in and just start steamrolling like a Klitschko did? Yeah. What would have been cool though is if Usyk would have stayed down at cruiserweight and Wilder would have went down the cruiserweight, oh, and then him and yeah. Wilder would have fought at cruiserweight. Let's go. That would have been awesome. And it would have been good because it's not like it's not like Wilder's got to cut a lot to go to cruiserweight because he's always the yeah. lightest weight. Man, that would have been a fun fight. That would have been oh, that would have been fun. I mean, that you could market that. You got four titles on the line too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, but no, I'm I'm all on board for Usyk moving up to heavyweight. It's time. I don't really see anyone at cruiserweight challenging him. And, no. And I think he would be. I think he, he immediately is. Like in now that he's moved up. He's immediately in the conversation as, you know, one of the top heavyweights in the world. So, why not? Um, because because of some of the some of the the things that were said. Uh, Gennady Golovkin, after beating, if and when he beats Canelo, uh, is is talking about moving up to 168, traveling to the UK and fighting James DeGeel. What do you think of that? I, you know, I would like to see Golovkin move up. It, it's becoming apparent that people aren't really, you know, really into fighting him or not or not wanting to fight him at. At his weight class right now, so it would be cool to see him move up, you know, and kind of test the waters up at a different weight where he can get in there with some different names and stuff. And honestly, I think DeGale's a good starter because, you know, he's a name, but I think he's a little broken down and stuff right now. And I think it'd be the perfect opponent for Golubkin if he did decide to move up because he could probably. Probably could stop um, DeGale at this point. So, so yeah, I, I would I would be very interested in to see that, and I'd be very interested to see, you know, Glove can move up because then that could eventually also set up a a fight with Zerto Ramirez, you know. Yeah. So. David Benavides too would be fun. Yep. Yeah. So, let's go move up. Um, obviously, too, if they decide not to, Glovekin's uh wouldn't mind fighting Charlo next to to uh, kind of show his dominance there. I guess he's really eyeing the Derevianchenko Jacobs winner um, to try to reclaim what he got stripped of him. And then obviously now that it, it's it's not going to a purse bid and they've came to terms, uh, Billy Joe Saunders is fighting Demetrius Andrade this year. So nice. That'll be a good fight. He could look at some of those too. So yeah, a lot of interesting things going on with Golovkin, which is nice. And I just man. I hope he wins this fight, and I think he's, I think he's coming in focused enough that I, I think he's, I think he wins this fight against Canelo. I don't, I don't think if it's the same route they're going to give it a draw again. Like I don't see the decision happening like that again. Well, I one one thing, I see 
Golovkin doing more of this fight. I, just, I think he's going to go to the body more. He, they already he, said Canelo's leaner. Looks a lot leaner. Yeah, he, he like, abandoned the body, his normal body work against Canelo. Yeah, I was just about to mention that, too. Like, Canelo looks way smaller, which obviously is going to be, you know, different game plan because they probably want, don't want him to come in as big as he was because it probably didn't help his movement and stuff. And they're probably going to really push the – really push that, try to outbox box Golovkin agenda. So it doesn't surprise me that he's looking a lot leaner, but I don't know, I think Golovkin's going to come out more aggressive and he's probably going to mix in more body work this fight just because I don't think he went to the body enough against Golovkin. If he would have went to the, or against Canelo, if he would have went to the body more, mm-hmm. he probably would have stopped him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it's I, I, a lot of it. I think too. You know, Golovkin did did show the respect to to Canelo in what he is capable of doing. But I think now oh, that yeah, they had their first fight, I think he knows that he he doesn't have to take that approach this time. And I think that's I think that's dangerous for Canelo. But I think it it might be the one thing that could help Canelo with his you know with his defense and counter punching, but. I think it definitely benefits Golovkin more than it helps Canelo, and and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm I'm yeah. all in for Golovkin to get this W. Well, one thing too, you know, Canelo was huge for that fight against Golovkin, and obviously, you know, they were going in with the mindset that they're going to have to try and like, you know, punch harder than Golovkin, and mm-hmm. I don't think Canelo's probably not going to have the power against Golovkin that he did in the first fight because he's slimmed down so much. So he's really going to have to try and outbox Golovkin and keep Golovkin off of him. You know, he's not probably going to, he's probably not going to, you know, his punching power is going to be probably a little down from this fight or not. He's not going to have all that extra weight. So sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, you're good, man. No, it's because it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's always a good discussion. I mean, it's always a talking piece. And until this happens, I mean, I mean, we're what, seven weeks away from it. I think six, seven weeks. Yeah. God, I, I'm going to Vegas in six, seven weeks and Chicago two weeks before that. Oh, I'm going to be so, I'm going to be so drained. So what I, the week I go to Chicago, the week before that, I'm going to work six straight days. And then I'm going to work five, uh, continuously until the Thursday when we leave for Chicago. When I come Jeez. back, we'll have the new house paid or bought. So I'm going to leave from one house and come back to the new house. Jeez. Um, I get back that Sunday. And then Monday on Labor Day, I work open to close because we'll be super busy. And I'm going to work Monday through Saturday, six days. And then the following week, I'm going to work Sunday through Thursday. So I'll work 11 straight days. When I leave work Thursday, I leave and go straight to the airport, get on a plane, fly to Vegas, come back at 5 a.m. Tuesday morning the following week, and then I'm going to work Tuesday through Saturday, and then Sunday through Thursday again the following week, so another 10 straight days, and then I may be going on a uh, on a vacation with Jen. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to be dead. I, and I still got to figure out how to get radio in it all these days, too. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Calling all co-hosts worldwide. I need to get some interim hosts. Um, before we wrap up here, 
I, you know, I've been hyping these up with you too. The uh, the brackets have been released on July 20th in Moscow. Uh, every all 16 fighters in the World Boxing Super Series were there. They did the seeding. The one and two seeds got to pick their opponents, and then obviously the three fought the sixes, and the fours fought the fives. Okay. Do you want to go bantamweight or super lightweight first? You want to go 118 or 140? Uh, we can do whatever you'd like. So. Um, in the, in the, let's, let's go 118. So Ryan Burnett gets the number one seed and he chose to fight Nonito Donaire. Smart decision. Uh, the number two seed went to Naoya Inoue and he chose to fight Juan Carlos Payano. Um, then we, we got one of the other champions, three seed Emmanuel Rodriguez taking on Jason Maloney. And then the four seed, uh, the other champion in this list, Zolani Tite, taking on Mikhail Aloyan. What do you what do you think about this? Is is this are we going to see a Burnett Inouye finals, or can can Tite or Rodriguez do some upsets, or can anyone else make any kind of upsets, or how do you how do you see this going? Man, honestly, I don't really know much outside of. Inouye and Donaire and a little bit about Burnett. So I'm just going to say that Inouye is going to run through the tournament and he's probably going to end up beating Burnett in the, in the, ter- in the final. And Burnett is super smart for picking Donaire because Donaire is done. Yeah, I think, I think that's a nice, a nice way to, uh, Get a good tune-up, get started on this, too. Um, the seedings don't look right on this to me, but I'm, I'm going to look one other thing. But, I mean, I guess we'll – I'll just go with it, by the way. We'll see what happens. By the way, it looks like it's going to be O'Sullivan and David Lemieux and then Mungaya on a separate fight on that undercard, I'm being told. So I apologize for my misinformed guess, and I've been informed by correct people that uh, it sounds like O'Sullivan, Lemieux, and Mungaya versus – the dreaded to be announced. Man, that that'll be uh, O'Sullivan uh, Lemieux will be an interesting fight. Uh, and then you get a Chocolatito. Damn, that undercard is going to be nice, man. Let's go. Um, so the quarterfinals of the 140 division, we got Terry Flanagan against Regis Prograis, uh, Cairo Relic against Edward Troyanovsky, Josh Taylor against Ryan Martin. And Anthony or Ivan Branchuk against Anthony Yigit. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a I think that'll be a better tournament, but I think Progress has to be the overwhelming favorite, and I think it's gonna be relic a relic Progress final. Now um, I did read these straight through. That's actually a semifinal. Oh, they would be fighting in the semifinals? Yeah. Well, then I guess I'm going to have to say Prograis and Baranchek. I, I, think, I think I'm with you. I, I think there's a chance Josh Taylor could come out, but I think I, I'm in agreement. Ivan Baranchek, I think, is going to come through the from Belarus. But, yeah, I, I could we see an all I, – I think there's a chance we could see an all-Belarus, I believe, is where they're from, final. I think we could see Branchuk and Kiro Relic too. I think that yeah. dude totally 
those two fights we saw on ESPN of him raised his stock like crazy. But this is this is what I'm hoping. You know, th- this is this is a good test for Prograce. And I think as long as Prograce beats Terry Flanagan, I think this is a this is a win-win for him because even if he loses to a guy like Hero Relic, um, I don't think anyone's gonna I don't think anyone's gonna have anything bad to say about it. Yeah. So he's in, I think he's in a good spot. Man, Prograce is just man. He is so good. His, he like just shows something new each fight. His last fight, he pretty much decimated the guy just by body punching. Yeah, he uh, Prograce was able to pick either Terry Flanagan or uh, Ryan Martin and went uh, went to Joe Flanagan after the decision lost to Hooker. Oh, okay. So that's why he uh, he went that route, and then uh, Josh Taylor, thirteen and zero with eleven knockouts, uh, chose to fight Ryan Martin. And a lot of people are thinking that that might have been a might be a tough fight. I mean, Ryan Martin's twenty five; he's twenty two and zero. Um, and and you know he beat uh, Josh Taylor too, coming in here the two seed after his um, decision victory over Victor Postal. But a lot of people think this Ryan Martin kid might actually put up more of a fight than Postal might or Postal did, and could be uh, could be trouble. Yeah, I think Postal is kind of finished, man. As mm. like a as like a guy who's like looked upon as a top guy or a dangerous fighter, so you could be right. <laughs> Kiro Relic uh, says gets a relatively easy quarterfinals fight against former IBF champion Troyanovsky. Uh, Rancis Bartholomew, uh it was the guy he beat in the rematch. The, yeah, he is Belarus. Okay. Oh, he's spanked. He's, he's spanked. He spanked Bartholomew. It was it was it was a, that was a sad fight. That was total like lot, just domination. A lot of people are talking. Uh, Branchuk Yigit could be the fight of the first round. Branchuk should win with his punching power, but Yigit has, has excellent skills and could be a good skill fighter for the for the tournament. Wow. It sounds like a lot of people think that Josh Taylor. I gotta watch more. I don't. I think the post-all fight was the only, excuse me, the only thing I saw is a lot of people think, you know, Prograce is his only real competition, but that he has the tools to win this tournament. I'm in, Yeah, I'm I'll check out more Josh Taylor. And it's crazy to think of some of the other names that aren't in this, this tournament. You know, when you, when you look at 140 like that, which, uh, which definitely blows me away. Yeah. Just, just thinking about, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think Hooker was going to be in this, and who knows what's going to happen to him after he got in trouble. With, got in trouble with the law. So Morty Hooker got in trouble with the law? Yeah, didn't he get, like, a DUI and, like, crash his car and all sorts of stuff like that? I didn't, I didn't hear about that. Maybe. Uh, let me use the Google. <laughs> Jose the Ramirez Goggles. is another guy that I thought could have been could have been cool to put in this thing. Maurice Hooker, let's see. Um, maybe he didn't. I don't know. For some reason, I thought he got in trouble. Like, I thought he did something. Something happened, but maybe not. Uh, Maurice Hooker arrested, allegedly driving while intoxicated July 11th. Yeah. New oh, crowd champion two days after uh, it happened. 
expected to join Matchroom Boxing under a co-promotion deal. Now that might be off the table. <laughs> Jeez, man! Back to back to back to Maurice Hooker when when he completely didn't uh, didn't show up when I was at Kolo, uh, Kovalev War. That was the one of the that fight sucked. <laughs> I don't even I remember who he fought. Yeah, he fought that? some guy that shouldn't have some guy that shouldn't have been in the ring with him. And, and was the was, guy was. Booker like the favorite too, or was he not the favorite? Oh, he was a big favorite, I believe. This was supposed to be his like coming out fight, I think, or that one was, where like they're supposed to be like, okay, now this Maurice Hooker is oh, a hot prop. He, yeah, <coughs> it was. He got that draw against it was like Darley's Perez or something. Yeah, it was. It was like a ten round draw. That's right. That dude has three draws already. Man. Maurice. <laughs> uh, I mean, so some interesting fights, some interesting stuff. Um, I'm intrigued, though. I think they'll be fun. And I, I love the fact of some of the, uh, you know, some, some bringing in the 118 guys, because those are going to be seven bang-around fights. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I hope they, these... I hope these fights are televised somewhere where we can watch them, especially I want to see more of Inoue. Elijah, I'm going to buy you a fire stick. And then you just got to get up in the middle of the night for those European fights. Man, fire sticks are illegal in my house. Illegal in your house? Yeah, Alicia thinks. Alicia's like, that's like stealing. I'm like, no, not technically, because it's not. We're not. I'm not downloading. It's streaming. She's like, no, I don't want you to get in trouble. It's just an app. You're literally downloading an app called Cody that shows everything. I know. That's I not, tried to explain this to her. All right, I'll tell you what. You can put the Fire Stick on your laptop. What about that? Yeah. Think that? You yeah. Can pull that one off. I could try. I will give you uh, links. You can watch it on your cell phone. Tight. <laughs> Otherwise, just go on Daily Motion. Usually, the day after, and they'll be up there for like two, three days before they get pulled. I got Cody on my Xbox, so I can't figure out how to get to work. Yeah, I need to be bolder, but I, I, <laughs> I have Cody. I have Cody on my Xbox, so I can't figure out how to get to work. Use that YouTube. I tried using YouTube, but just for some reason. Doesn't work for me. Stupid YouTube. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. That's all the time we Sounds like he's going, whoa. I know, I need to get a better hello from him. <laughs> fun, fun show. Glad we get back to you. Uh, as we said before, changes are coming. Changes are coming. We just need to figure out how they're coming. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, 10 p.m. We'll be on late night WrestleCast Radio. We got four nights of the G1 to cover. We got a raw on a SmackDown. Also, I want. I'm trying to watch the Dragon Gate show from Kobe World Hall that took place on Saturday. Uh, a bunch Kobe of news Ashley. and rumors. <laughs> Main event was Masato, Masato Yoshino defending the Open the Dream Gate title against Shingo Takagi, which I, I was Shingo. like, "Yep, Shingo's awesome." And then there was another dope. Uh, oh, it was a dope tag title match. It was it was Big Ben. Uh, 
Ben K and Big R What's that? Roethlisberger? Hell no. That guy get that guy's trash. Trash. <laughs> uh, so we got a bunch of that stuff coming up. Tuesday, uh, we're finally getting that Tennessee Titans preview for Jordan knocked out. Get that all figured out. For everybody that's in Tennessee and you're listening, you got two weeks to get your keepers in. So everybody listening that does fantasy, you got two weeks. We'll I catch you all next week. Stay out. We out. <laughs>